Good evening, and welcome to the trip. This is your host, Tyler Woodbridge, and I want to welcome all of our listeners to another engaging evening of discussing current events, political issues, the culture of America, and more. Uh, We are awaiting a third host tonight. A special guest will be joining us hopefully here in a little bit. But for now, I'm going to kick it over to my co-host, the man, the myth, Captain Galactico himself, Derek Cooner. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, Good evening, Woodbridge and listeners. Listening through time and space, ready for this uh, exciting podcast that we have for you tonight. We have a lot to talk about, and uh, we're just waiting the arrival of Nate Grooms, who who uh, suggested that we make a podcast and include him. He was one of the Trigger Report fans who said, hey... I want to make a podcast with you guys and talk about issues that are important to me. So he has some things that he wants to uh, discuss, and we will do our best to deliver that for not only him, but for our listeners. And if there's any of you who uh, want to be on the podcast, just Send us a message, like, share, do all, all the things they want you to do. And uh, Woodbridge, uh, what do you got? Uh, yes, I actually just thought of an idea. With the Anchor FM app, which <laughs> I use as my exclusive recording device for the Trigger Report, you can actually have up to eight total people on one show. So... I'm thinking if there is enough interest among my fans, and please comment on the link and let us know if you are interested, we could do an open invitational one night every week for our fans and followers to come on and sit in on a podcast with us, cut it up, talk about the big events together. Not everybody has to be necessarily a special pre-scheduled guest. Maybe we could just call it, Wide open Woodbridge Wednesdays. What do you say about that idea, Derek? I think it's a cool idea. I think um, the more people are engaged in uh, the Trigger Report and our podcast and things that they care about, I think that uh, that only adds to the value of our page. Every politician will talk and say they're about the individual, but rarely do they really get to the individual. And that's, I think, what this is all about, is talking to those folks that have something to say, but don't have the platform to say it. Yes, I'm all about giving a platform to the underprivileged, the ignored, the overlooked, becoming the voice of the voiceless, if you will. And if that means having wide open Wednesdays uh, to reach out to folks and let them know, hey, this is a platform for you to put your voice and your opinion out on over 12 
podcast distributors. Here's your opportunity, and we'd love to have you on board because everybody's got a unique voice and experience, and everybody deserves to be heard. Yes, I agree, and I think that's what's great about uh, this app, Anchor, that allows us to create cool podcasts and other things to uh, get out to people that, uh, you know, are listening to podcasts, but rarely do they have a podcast that is right in their backyard, and I think we are going to provide that for the listener. Absolutely. And uh, we'll give uh, Grooms a couple more minutes uh, before we launch into our main topic of the evening. Uh, So I'm going to, which of course I'm sure all of you have heard too much about today, but I digress. Uh, While we buy time for Grooms a little bit, I want to discuss something near and dear to my heart with you, Derek. Uh, We're going off script a little bit with this. What do you think about Gary Thompson's chances in New Mexico right now? Have you been tracking that race closely? Uh, you were cutting out a little bit. Uh, could you repeat the question? <clears throat> uh, yes. Uh, have you been tracking the Gary Johnson campaign in New Mexico lately? Uh, the poll returns so far are outrageous. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you, but. Um... I could care less about Gary Johnson if this was an election and um, two candidates were running for president and Gary Johnson was on the ballot in all 50 states and I hated both the candidates and I was like, well, I could vote for Gary Johnson. Then maybe he would seem a little bit relevant to me, but uh, I think for most people, they don't really care about Gary Johnson, and although I do consider myself mostly libertarian, I don't think Gary Johnson is a quality choice for president. That's why I think running for Senate is uh, an amazing opportunity for him because he's already outraising the Republican nominee, outpolling the Republican nominee. At this point, you could actually say that the Republican nominee is stealing votes from Gary Johnson, and he ought to drop out of the race. He can't even make the 15% for the debates. Now, I'm being sarcastic here because this is the kind of stuff I, as a libertarian, have been used to hearing for the last uh, six years. But no, uh, Johnson has a very high quality chance because the Democrats are already putting out attack ads on him. Last-ditch efforts for fundraising. They're scared. Johnson's got him on their heels, and he could be a pivotal swing vote in the Senate for a generation to come if the people of New Mexico give him a chance. Uh, for governor? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, for Senate. He was already a two-term governor from, uh, oh, 95. And yeah, from, like, 95 to 2003, I think. And he's running for Senate. Yes. He's running well, against Martin Heinrich and Mick Rich are his two main competitors. Well, I think he could be a senator. He seems to have a quality base, uh... I mean, for the Libertarian Party, he seems pretty popular. I think uh, anybody who is 
diverse uh, should be in the Senate and in Congress. I think uh, I think Gary Johnson is not a bad person. I just don't believe he is is capable of getting up to the level of facing Trump and uh, winning presidency, which he's already said he's not running for president again. But you know, um, Senate that seems a little more likely. We'll see. Yes. And uh, you can trust that the Trigger Report, who has connections on the ground in New Mexico as we speak, will be tracking this race very closely. And as we move on throughout the rest of these uh, midterms, uh, there's just a lot of tension percolating. Uh, Could the blue wave crash ashore and take both houses uh, of the Senate, uh, of Congress, I mean? Uh, could Donald Trump and his base face a reckoning for all of their misdeeds over the last two years? Or will there be a gold wave crashing in between them to hold both parties accountable for driving this whoa, country whoa. around? What misdeeds? I mean, uh, let's be real. Whatever misdeed uh, Trump has, is has been accused of is it doesn't hold enough weight donald trump is is almost a sure shot at re-election in 2020 unless some a miracle happens look at it this way i donald trump got 62 million votes hillary clinton got 65 million votes Gary Johnson, four and a half million. Jill Stein, one and a half million. And Evan McMullen came in just under a million. So whenever you look at you have a margin of about 11 million people more that voted against Trump than voted for him. Trump is not a strong re-election candidate at this point i think he's very vulnerable have you seen the bombshell allegations coming out from the newest book by bob woodward i have not can you uh explain to me a little bit about that i guess it basically is going to expose through hundreds of hours of interviews and personal conversations that bob woodward has conducted with white house insiders it paints the picture of Donald Trump, as we've all figured, of a temperamental, brooding baby that throws tantrums, and one of his close aides refers to the early morning as the witching hour, because that's when Trump is the most volatile, just sitting in his chamber, anger tweeting, and having his consumption of ego while watching Fox and Friends or The Five and monitoring the Twitter feed. He literally every day searches Trump news. He is so embroiled in himself. He's not Woodbridge. 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 Um, You say all these things. And the Democrats and the left, they say all of these things. 
But the people who voted for him do not care about what he is doing on Twitter. They don't care. I think a great majority of people, I'm sure we could run a poll, uh, and and we've actually lost Derek. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, re-invite him. uh, Oh, we we gained grooms, though. Yes, yes, uh, we have uh, gained grooms, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He popped in during that last uh, spirited uh, conversation. Uh, Nathan Grooms is our special guest uh, for the evening. Um, he is a longtime friend of ours. He's a noted pragmatic uh, individual. E- even though a lot of his stances pr- lean a little bit leftward for my taste, he's willing to hear out both sides of an argument. He has some very valid points. He's also got a strong background in sports, uh, very knowledgeable about sports, and I think he's going to be an engaging regular guest here on the Trigger Report. How are you doing tonight, Nate? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Interesting to see um, all the stuff that's happened today on social media and the outcry and the, you know, all the. Yeah, like I I am just kind of beside myself in wondering uh, why the um, these conservatives are doing things such as. Uh, cutting the Nike symbols off of their clothing that they've already bought. They are burning their Nike products just because a strong black man has been chosen as the head of a uh, advertising campaign. And um, it's just a microcosm of what black people in America experience every day. And I, I just don't think it's right. I mean, regardless of what you feel about Colin Kaepernick, I mean, it's their right to choose who they want for their ad campaign. And you've already paid your money for the clothing. So if you want to, if you want to tear it up or whatever, that's fine. But I think there's better uses for it, though. If you, it'd be better to donate. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you want better. to paint the conservatives at, or the Republicans as the party or as the group of, you know, small government and of economic, uh, you know, intelligence – the most economically intelligent thing to do is to donate, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of like the whole broken window done. fallacy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, what, what do you think yeah. about this whole thing? Do, do you think that I read this USA Today article and the uh, opinion, the op-ed said that the NFL has a chance to redeem itself by, bringing Kaepernick back, not just as a token third stringer, but to legitimately compete for a starting position again. He's been keeping in shape. Nate, do you think that Con Kaepernick could come back and start for any NFL team right now? Not any team. Um, There's about 10 teams that he would be the best quarterback on, um, which isn't bad. And let's give him a little credit. He's, He's not a He's not an elite quarterback, and I think the problem with it is that with the way the NFL quarterback system is set up, a lot of the uh, a lot of the teams that don't have great quarterbacks have young quarterbacks. Right. So they want to develop them into their system. They want them to be their type of player. So if you're not an elite quarterback, you, you need to be very young. And Colin Kaepernick isn't either one. He's not elite, and he's not young. He needs to find a place that's 
trying to develop a young quarterback where he can be a journeyman like Tyrod is for the Browns this year or um, kind of like how Fitzpatrick is with Jameis this year or even uh, like Luke, like, uh, like McCown is with Sam Darnold, you know, like kind of get a year or two, mentor a guy, see what he can do, and then take over the starting role for a year or even half the year. You know, just if, if he loses games, he's going to lose his job, but give him a chance. Right, right. Now, um, what is the name of that uh, guy for the Bills that threw five touchdowns last year? Uh, Peterman. There, Peterman, yes. It was Peterman. five interceptions. Yeah, I mean, come on. We we have a league where uh, Peterman is the starter in Buffalo, and not only is he the starter, he is the designated mentor for uh, Josh Allen. And I, I yeah, just, but- you know, I, I can't help but think that's a perfect fit for Colin Kaepernick as a you know stopgap solution. You know. Well, well, keep in mind that Nathan Peterman is 22 years old, so he's mentoring a guy that's 21. I mean, it's not much of a yeah. I mean, like he's he's not. I don't know if that's a stopgap or what that is. And and they had Tyrod there, so that I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, they got rid of Tyrod. They got rid of AJ McCarron. Like I almost think those moves are almost as questionable as uh, Gruden's choice to trade away Khalil Mack. That was very oh, that, questionable. Yeah, that's very questionable indeed. Uh, a first-round pick, even with a great GM, is like a 50-50 proposition. You know, you're going to hit or miss on a first round, especially early first round even. I mean, so giving away a proven, probably the best defensive end in the league in Mac for two first-round picks is just – it's it's a gamble. They have all the money. I understand that, but it really is a gamble. Right, right. Okay. And maybe he wasn't I, I, maybe he wasn't the kind of guy for try to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know. I, I don't know what but they're they're paying Gruden ten million dollars a year. So I, I mean I guess they're gonna put their trust into him and see what see where it goes, I guess. But I, I, I it's only appropriate good. it's only appropriate that a team moving to Las Vegas is already taking such gambles. Yeah, they are they are definitely rolling the dice. They really are. They're going all in on Gruden, and Gruden is getting rid of guys. I mean, they got rid of the second-best punter in the league, you know, and I know he's a punter, and I know you can make those kind of moves when he's a punter, but his his yards per punt were probably – I think they were the highest in the NFL. He's right, the most right. accurate punter. I mean, you know, he's not going to get a better punter. He's making moves yeah, based he, off of personalities. That's dangerous. Yeah, and the Raiders punter, honestly, was a rock star of the position. Yeah, he he was like, you know, he made kids want to be punters. His punt celebrations brought a swagger to the position that, you know, we haven't seen, I don't think, ever. And so I think it's a shame. John Gruden was on record during a Monday Night Football game saying he didn't like the punter celebrating. That's awful. That's he awful. comes in, and the first thing he does is cut him. He doesn't even look at it. He doesn't give the guy a chance. He doesn't talk to him to really get to know him. He just cuts him. I mean, that come was on. my even issue. The, even though, like, for example, one of my favorite players of all time, Chad Ochocinco Johnson, 
Um, yeah. Even though he was a media distraction and an attention whore, the guy was still good in the locker room and did a lot of great for the community. It's okay yeah. to have these showboats on board as long as they put up points and as long as they don't take away from your public image in I a mean, negative way. You know, here's the book. If you don't contribute, you're not going to be around for long anyway. But if you showboat, then that puts the pressure on you times 10 to contribute, right? So they're already putting added pressure onto themselves. So I, I feel like they do that because they know they have to keep their game elite. Those are the kind of guys I want on my team. Guys that are willing to put it on the line and be entertaining. But, you know, the NFL stands for not for right. long. And it's also the no, it's also the no yep. fun league. So, I mean, it, you know, acquiesce that anytime a guy celebrates, they're willing to get rid of him in a heartbeat. Even if he puts up the numbers. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading uh, what is it? Only um, the, the average NFL career is less than three years. And think yeah. about the hundreds of people that come into the league through the draft and free agency every year. So absolutely. many of them are just flashes in the pan. Yeah, absolutely. The guys, the guys you don't hear about are the ones that are putting in the work in practice and putting in the work in the, on the practice squad and in the OTAs and, you know, Hard Knocks and so uh, the I can't remember the name of the Cowboys one on uh, Amazon Prime, but you know shows like that really kind of bring life to these players, and people get kind of um, attached to these guys, and they they feel bad when they get cut and when they get you know kicked off the team more or less. But it's it's just a reality right, right. in the NFL. A lot of guys know, that. and you know um, we've had guys like Chris Givens here in town, you know, that we root for because he's local, and you know it's it's tough, it's hard. There's only 53 yeah. spots on each team. There's only 32 teams. Yeah, and just think about the sheer math that goes into it. You know, you have so many high school athletes, and only a, a scant few of those go on to perform in college. And then even out of those, only, what, 256 of those a year uh, even get a chance at the NFL? It's, yeah. it's incredible. And, and yeah. that brings me to a question that I've been ruminating over um, in the last few years because I was a high school football player. I was a college football player, Division three, mind you. But I still right. harbored these ambitions of, like, clawing my way through the arena league ranks to become, like, a 28-year-old rookie of the year fullback someday. But anyway, right. I digress. You, you, wanted to, um, you wanted to play professionally, whether it was European, yeah. arena league, whatever, Canadian – do you think, you know, as longtime sports fans, uh, do you think that the culture that we have here in America is doing a good job at setting realistic expectations uh, for all these athletes? Because so many of these athletes flame out early and don't have a solid backup plan in place. And the kind of like mental health and anxiety issues and depression issues that come from dropping out of uh, sports early has t taken a toll on a lot of our young men out there. Well, Wouldn't you agree? I can tell you right now that that debate going into the mental health side, our mental health services are lacking across the board, not just in sports. But, you know, that's a whole nother rabbit hole we could really get into. But. Uh, as far as sports goes, though, I think I think the major thing that they lack in and and this is school in general, not just for the athletes, but the financial planning, you know, uh, these kids don't know how to save money. They don't know how to budget a, a checkbook or balance a checkbook or pay their bills. They don't understand how to do any of that coming out of high school. And these, you know, those are skills that you need to have. You really do. That's stuff that you're going to have to learn pretty quickly if you want to live on your own. 
you know, the electric company doesn't care. Right. It doesn't care how, how much you made. It's going to come and turn off your lights. You know, these are the things that, and I think, you know, you got society's pressures of, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and et cetera for athletes. You know, you, you get a guy that's, you know, a rookie, he goes out and spends his whole check on a Lamborghini and then it gets cut next year. You know, he, right. he's got nothing to show for it. And it, he leased it, you know, like this is, this is what we're dealing with. It's, it's a toxic, a toxic, um, there's a lot of things that go into it. Honestly, it's a bigger problem yeah, than people realize. Right. And that's why we should take more time instead of ruminating over the murderous tight ends or the uh, DUI uh, wide receivers, you know, to, to avoid dropping names. Um, that's why we should focus more on the real success stories out of the NFL for people that do good both on and off the field. What What's the name of that guard uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs? I think we were discussing him earlier. Oh, it's a French a French guy. I can't remember his name, though. He's um, yeah. the doctor. Doctor, yeah. doctor Blindside. That's what I've nicknamed yeah. him. Dr. Blindside. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, th- there's a guard for the Kansas City Chiefs that in the offseason has been completing his medical school courses and has already completed a residency. And the NFL would not permit him to put on his nameplate the initials MD. And I think if you're an honest to God doctor playing in the NFL, you should have every right to put your title. You, you earned that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the and, NFL is archaic and it, it's a dictatorship. Let's not, let's not try to get around it. Roger Goodell right. rules with an iron fist. He's basically Joseph Stalin. I mean, he really is. <laughs> right. So what's your projection for the XFL? How do you think that's going to shake things up? Um, it's probably going to go about like it did last time. I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's a high, there's, there's a, a chance to get in right now because the conservatives are upset with the NFL and a lot of liberals are upset with the NFL. There's actually boycotts on both sides of the political aisle for the NFL, but I don't think the XFL is going to fill that need. I really don't. I don't think those people are really that interested in football because if they were, they would probably find a, a reason to keep watching. Yeah, I think there was a lot of clout for it at first, but it's really just kind of fizzled. You know, we were all talking about it nonstop when it was first announced, but when was the last time, you know, just like on the street or scrolling on social media that you heard something about the XFL? And it's supposed to launch in yeah. two years. Yeah, it it's it's a fun idea, and Vincent Man has plenty of money and plenty of time, but I just don't see how it would work. And the, and the level of play isn't going to be as high as the NFL or even the CFL, for that matter. So... I just don't see how you can really make a quality product and make it more violent. I don't know how they're going to manage that with all the concussions and the, right. the awareness raising of, you know, all those things, you know, the reasons that the NFL is becoming less violent, you can't all of a sudden turn around and do a league where it's more violent. You know, that yeah. idea worked in 1998 when there was no idea on concussions the same year that they were throwing mankind off the top of cells and you know, <laughs> times were different. Times were definitely different back then, and they didn't have the, the knowledge they do now about brain injuries. And I just don't see how it's going to be able to, to match the product on the field as the NFL. Now, if they're able to put up scores like the Arena League of like 75 to, to 83, you know, that could be exciting. You know, it would be kind of like a, a fast-paced game, but I just don't see that happening. I really don't. And they have to, uh, they have to come to deals with stadiums, and I just don't – I don't know how – the logistics, man. There's a lot – a lot of details we don't know yet. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's like it really interesting looking back at the sports scene that we grew up watching, the head-to-head collisions of the NFL, uh, you know, back in the 90s, hockey grinders and hockey enforcers were a lot more prominent. Um, you know, it, every team had to have a couple. Right, right. Like almost every sport was uh, leaps and bounds more violent than yes. – than it is now and i i'm just wondering uh going forward do you think that sports are going to become really milk toast uh within the next generation or do you think they're going to kind of taper off at some point i i think they're going to become very solid i mean look at basketball it's becoming soccer right and i I love (laughs) soccer i played i played soccer in high school i'm a soccer player i was one of the tougher soccer players which they're kind of falling on by the wayside but you know i was a big kid i was six foot 215 that's not a normal soccer player, but I think, you know, with all the flops and it w- it just, everyone gets on LeBron about the flops, but it wouldn't make any sense for him not to, right? He's not getting the calls because he's so strong. So he's being penalized for being physical and more physical right. than everyone else. So the only thing he can really do to combat that is to be more dramatic, to try to get the, the calls that he's actually, because he's actually getting fouled. So, I mean, I think people kind of forget that when he's flopping. He's really getting fouled. He's just making it look worse than it is. And people don't he doesn't like get the calls. Right. And, he, and that's the only reason he does it, I think. But you look back to the 1990s with the bad boy Pistons and, and before that when they were beating up on Jordan, which sent Jordan into the weight room, which made him the greatest player of all time. Even, even I admit that he is the greatest player. LeBron has the chance to pass him, but he hasn't yet. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves here, but – the game I has think changed. LeBron, LeBron is a phenomenal citizen on top of being a great basketball oh, player. There's no doubt and, he's a better person than Michael Jordan. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan's not necessarily bad, but I think LeBron is really putting it on for his city, so to speak. Right. Even as he goes to Los Angeles, even as he was in Miami, he, he still puts on for Akron. And uh, yeah. honest to God, that man could go back and run for mayor and win in a landslide someday with everything he's oh, done for that no city. He, he already is the de facto mayor. Nobody knows who the mayor of Akron is. Everyone knows who the right. mayor is. Right, yeah. right. I, he, he I, like to, I like to think I'm pretty good at political trivia, but honest to God, I can't name the mayor of Akron. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Another thing, too, like people can say what they want about him, but he he's brought so much money back to Akron. His house is actually like five or six million dollars more than the second. Uh, most expensive house in Akron like of course it is but you know he even brings the real estate prices up he 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 finds a way to lift everything up right right and um, I I just think that a lot of the people that trash LeBron James and trash you know like Colin Kaepernick Chris Cluey Chris Long all of these (laughs) I've got a point to this no all of these athletes all these athletes that have outspoken opinions, everybody athletes. that tells them to just shut up and play ball, uh, all these yeah. people saying that yeah, they should be seen and not heard. Do you agree or disagree that athletes should be seen and not heard? No, there's no, absolutely not. That, look, the same people are the one they're saying that celebrities should be seen and not heard as well. But then when right. someone like uh, Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty says something, <laughs> they agree with, they're like, oh, yeah. This guy knows yeah. what he's talking about. This celebrity. Oh my gosh. No, no, it's like I've been watching CRTV. And here's the thing. It's like I will only watch CRTV because it's like a train wreck. You've right. got Phil Robertson saying things like, oh well, well, no, 
No, honest to God, straight man's going to be drinking his coffee with Thady Cream commies. And they just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. And, and then you have like that one veteran guy uh, that just sits in his truck and yells for 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> I like, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the angry veteran with the big beard. I can, I can, I can see his face. He's just mad about everything. Yeah, like who, honest to God, just uh, sits there and watches uh, six. Uh, wait, you hear that? Yeah, it, that's it sounds that's like my you got daughter. An angry that, that, yeah, <laughs> aren't you right? Now my five-month-old daughter's being a bigger snowflake than uh, Rant Nation with Graham Allen. <laughs> there you go. Oh, this little sweetheart, bless her heart. Yeah, that's, I had I had a a twenty minute argument with someone this morning about Nike, which upset me because, you know, I I I posted a meme that said, if you're gonna throw away your clothes, you should just give them to the homeless veterans that you care so much about because you know anytime they they have an immigration argument, they say there's people here we need help, which is fine, you know, and, and it's true there are people here we need help absolutely, but most of the stuff we need to help them with is mental health services, and of course they yeah. they don't pass any of that legislation, you know, they don't want to go down that rabbit hole. God forbid, when, when it comes to uh, mass shootings, instead of being like, well, our mental health services need help, they say, oh, well, we need to beat our kids more. You know, that's their solution. You know, screw, screw doctors. And, you know, it, but when it comes to this, you know, I say, well, why can't you just give all that Nike clothes that you're going to burn to a homeless veteran? And this lady says, I'm not going to name her, but she says, well, I'm just going to go out and buy new stuff and give it to the homeless. Well, why don't you just give them the new stuff and the Nike stuff? I'm yeah, sure they again, would love that's not good more. for the economy. <laughs> that is the broken window fallacy. That's Keynesian economics right. coming back at it. You know, if you make better use of the resources you have, the resources you gain are better accounted for and more affordable. You know, simple. I, I, I seriously doubt someone's going to see a homeless veteran wearing Nike and be like, you know what, that that looks great. I'm going to go buy some myself. I don't. I don't see any negative to giving it away. I really don't. I mean. There's no fear like someone's gonna start buying more Nike because they see homeless people wearing it. That, you know, it's not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> if I, anything, I mean, you're just on. gonna help somebody. I mean, I don't want to go out and buy like Dave and Barry's or starter jackets because I see every homeless man in Tennessee wearing those in winter. You those, know? <laughs> those are actually methadone addicts. It's a requirement. If you're on methadone, you have to have a starter jacket. <laughs> I don't know if you do that. Oh, no, but that's news to me, but I'm never going to forget it. In fact, uh, that is a quote of the night. If you're at a methadone clinic, you have to wear a starter jacket. I, I think that's, uh, that's science. Yeah, if, if you're new to the methadone clinic, just look for the guy with the starter jacket. He'll, he'll show you the ropes. Uh, yeah, He's yeah. been there for a few months. <laughs> yeah, and all the better, like, the brighter it is. If he's rocking, like, a Utah Jazz. Well, it's got to like, be, it's it's gotta be the Hornets. Yeah, the Charlotte Hornets did have one fly starter jacket. Oh man! Yeah, they did absolutely. You know, oddly enough, I know you're a little little bit younger than me, but when I was a kid, man, people would die over those. People literally died for those. Um, it seems it seems so funny now seeing the people that wear them and like it, it's just sorry for the technical now, difficulties. Oh, no, welcome back, Derek. You missed a spirited and riveting discussion on everything from uh, the violence of the NFL to LeBron James's legacy to uh, Charlotte Hornets uh, starter jackets at methadone clinics. So we're glad to have you back on yeah. board the show. Well, I'm happy to, happy to be here. Hey, welcome back. 
but yeah, uh, before we continue on, um, you know, we, we have uh, eclipsed the half hour point. So kudos to all of our listeners that have stuck with us so far. Uh, Derek, do you have any pressing topics that you would like to go ahead and cover, my friend? Um, uh, for a moment, I would like to swing things over to Grooms. I know he has a lot to talk about. Um, he's a guest on our show. Uh, we appreciate him. Okay. I'd like to um, yeah, get absolutely. into maybe the Kaepernick topics that he was uh, interested in discussing, and I'd like to give my opinion as well. Hey, that's why you don't take okay. McDonald's runs when you have technical difficulties, bro. You missed it. We've been Kaepernicking it up. We can talk more Kaepernick. Though. I mean, Kaepernick's a big deal right now. Well, he really um, is. since I was, you know, um, distracted, um, why don't you guys fill me in on what we uh, sh- shall be discussing? Well, we talked a little bit about the fact that Kaepernick isn't an elite quarterback, right? We all agree on that, right? The fact that Ka- he's not Aaron. The fact you don't know that. You don't know that. The fact that. Well, I, fact, I do know that Derek is that. Well, he's been suppressed. The fact that he he <laughs> by who the entire NFL ownership they uh, they refused to give him the opportunity. Well, no, he had the opportunity before he protested, though. And, yeah, and he. And he went to the Aaron Super Rogers Bowl. He, uh, he, he, he went he to the Green Bay Pet Lambeau Field and beat Aaron Rodgers in a playoff game. He absolutely did. And he had he had one of the best defenses. Actually, I think it okay, was the best so defense. So just that because year. he had uh, to be fair, just because he had a year where the entire team was depleted, doesn't mean oh they doesn't yeah. But his his numbers when he had the full team. Derek were not great. They weren't bad. Uh, he was a middle tier quarterback. I could argue that he there wasn't. Was, he wasn't Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. There is a couple but he also years, wasn't Mark Sanchez. Well, I, when, I'd say when, there are a couple when, years that if Kaepernick could have sustained his production, he could have honestly went down as one of the all time greats. All time greats. I, mean, I, I don't know about that. I think he could be a serviceable, serviceable starting quarterback in the top fifteen in the NFL, but I, I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, for for example, uh, let's look Bridge, at his twenty thirteen uh, season. Bridge, if I could just say one thing, if I could just say thing. Um, top fifteen is a good quarterback, by the way. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah, Kaepernick was not Aaron Rodgers because Kaepernick was something that we have never seen before in the NFL. He beat the Packers uh, twice in the playoffs. And what do you mean by we haven't seen though? The fact that he could run the ball or you know extend plays because Michael Vick was before Kaepernick. Like, we've seen that. I mean w- come on, we have like we still have Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers is a good scrambler, you know, Jameis Winston. Cam Jameis. Um there's a there's a lot of guys. That's, uh Marcus Mariota is pretty good at extending Tyrod Taylor. And- as an Eagles fan, Absolutely. I want Kaepernick on my team. 
That's oh, fair. actually, uh, that's fair. I don't think Dalton's an elite quarterback. No, my that's buddy fair. Ansel, my buddy Ansel, we we're, were talking about how, like, when it came to drafting and things like that, we were discussing how I felt like I had a good, like, eye test, but I don't know if it's ever panned out. And they told me, he's like, I remember watching the draft with you back in t- 2011, and you were disappointed when the Bengals opted for Dalton over Kaepernick. I was really pulling for the Bengals to take Kaepernick. He had something special. I think you just like the school that he went to. You're you're a big Nevada University fan, aren't you? Wolfpack. <laughs> yeah, he he loves the obscure. That's that's Woodbridge for you, but Andy Dalton went to TCU. That's Texas Christians way too mainstream for you. <laughs> the purple the purple horn frogs, I mean. Andy Dalton simply just does not have what it takes to win the big game. Look, Andy Dalton doesn't get me excited to watch NFL football. I agree. Uh, you know, I'm not going to argue that. Andy Dalton doesn't want a playoff game. He's had great receivers. He's, just, he's not getting it done. But I don't know if you put Kaepernick on that team, that anything would change is my, my opinion on it. I think Kaepernick could be a, a serviceable starting quarterback. I don't think he's elite, but I also don't think he should be jobless. I mean, is that fair? Yeah, that's fair, Barry. Barry. But the fact that you think that he's not elite is only because you haven't seen enough of his play. Well, I think you you can make an argument that he hasn't had good players around him, but that's not entirely true. I'll tell he's you this. Great I'll tell he hasn't you had this. great receivers. Kaepernick, yeah. he is um, elite potential. Not anymore. Um, yeah, I think he's too old now, Cooner. I, I, I think he's how, already how set out two he? years. I, how old is he? I think 31 with two years rust. 31? Yeah, yeah. I, he's in his 30s now. I mean, I, I will say quarterbacks have a longer shelf life, so it's still possible, Tom, but it, he's Tom really Brady's, running, Tom running Brady's his course on 40. That. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, Cooner. Let's not compare him to Tom Brady. Well, he has, you know... <laughs> Um, he he is a better skill set than Tom Brady. We we've never seen a quarterback like. Tom Are Brady. you he serious? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that differentiation, Grims. Yeah, not not Kaepernick. the same. He can run outside the pocket more than Tom Kaepernick. Brady. He can extend plays better than Tom Brady. He's not as accurate as Tom Brady. Let's let's be serious here. He doesn't have the quick release that Tom Brady has. And he also doesn't have the the football IQ that Tom Brady does. Those are the things that separate Tom Brady. But Tom Brady, Kaepernick does Tom have some Brady things Tom Brady does. I'm not going to argue that for a franchise that is committed to winning, they um, are a team of excellence. You put Kaepernick on the Patriots with Belichick, I guarantee you win a Super Bowl. Um, no. No, I don't think so. I don't, don't think, think so? You first of all, Bill so. Belichick wouldn't put up you with don't the distractions. Think so. You don't think Kaepernick would he wouldn't put up with the Super Bowl with Belichick? Listen, Randy Moss is one of the greatest receivers of all time, and Bill Belichick got rid of him immediately because he was a distraction. You really think he would put up Kaepernick with the distraction a of Colin Kaepernick? There's no way. He's obviously a distraction. What, what are we talking about right now? A guy that's not even playing. He's not even yes, playing. Yes, he's a distraction. He even said he would not kneel. 
if he was offered a chance to play again. And that's great. I, I believe him. If he said that, then I believe him. He's an honest person. I don't think he would lie about that. I don't think he would sabotage his own career to kneel one more time. I, I don't think so. But I just don't think that, that Bill Belichick's a good match. There's plenty of teams he could play for. Denver's one of them. Denver had a horrible quarterback situation. They have a great defense, great receivers, decent running backs, good offensive line, no quarterback. You know, Denver made a lot of sense. What do you think about the, the statement John Elway made about giving him a contract offer? Uh, I missed that. Could you inform me? Well, um, Woodbridge, do you want to explain that? I mean, I, I don't know the specifics, but I know that John Elway came out on Twitter and said that he gave Colin Kaepernick an offer. It was for oh. significantly less money, but it was for significantly less money, but Kaepernick declined apparently and didn't come to camp. This was in 2017, the year after. I mean, it was a lot less money for him Kaepernick, after all. Uh, well, Kaepernick was making, I think, almost 19 million a year, and the, the Broncos offered him like four million or something. It was a really low. I'll tell you this: Kaepernick does not care one cent about money. Well, he cares a little bit because he didn't take four million. I mean, uh, he yeah, cares a little. He don't bit. care about it. That's not what he's about. He is about. Finding equality, finding and fighting police brutality, equality. That's what he's about. Well, he's about awareness. He's not fighting it himself. He's not on the streets beating he up He is on the front lines taking the... No, that's that's hyperbole. He's not on the actual front lines. He's, he's on the front lines. He's not on the front lines. But he's not... You better watch your words. You're going to be the subject of a rant nation by Graham Allen. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that means, but it sounds bad, so you should watch your words. Sounds serious. No, but I will say this, man. Kaepernick, you know, he believes in it, and that's I think that's why Nike went with him, because they, they he believes in it, right? And you believe in it. Well and look, that's fine. But... Look, Nike is not just a uh you know, little ass company here. Nike is a big deal. Oh, These owners of yeah. the NFL, they're trying to impress Nike. Nike. Well, let me let me play devil's advocate here, man. All right. So um Colin Kaepernick is speaking out against injustice and oppression, right? Uh-huh. But Nike's paying people 20 cents to make those shoes in Indonesia. Um do you think Nike was the right choice for him to go with for oppression and injustice? Well, when they're paying so little to workers that are, uh, you know, underage and with terrible sweatshop-like conditions. And, I mean, is this, is this the right company to tie your image to if you're really trying to get your point across? Is any mainstream company you the think, right company to tie your name I don't to? think you know the whole story behind that because Nike is paying, um, let's say, Tiger Woods or LeBron James. They're paying them a billion Dollars. So, do you think Nike would have a problem? Yeah, but their but their message isn't injustice and oppression. Like their message is, I want to get paid. You know, and, and they're getting paid. No. Good for them. But I think when you're when your message is more important than money, because you 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 stated that the money doesn't matter. Not for. And I don't Cap- think that's completely. I don't think that's completely true. I, I if the agree. money didn't matter, I don't think he takes a Nike contract. 
he gave he gave a little bit. he gave up his football career for the Mets. Well, he didn't give it up. It wasn't a choice. What do you mean he didn't give it up? It wasn't a choice. He didn't say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit playing football for injustice. He said, I'm gonna kneel for injustice, and, and the NFL owners decided said, that they didn't want him anymore. And if it costs me my job, then so be it. Right, and it did, but that doesn't mean he decided to stop playing for injustice. He, he, he would was still be willing playing to make that sacrifice. Okay, but he didn't actually make that sacrifice. Yes, he did. He was willing. But the NFL owner made the sacrifice for him. No, it wasn't his decision. If it was up to him, he'd still be playing. Yeah, so he didn't make the decision to stop playing for if it. If it was his decision, he'd I mean, still be, he'd but. still be playing, and he'd still be kneeling, trying to deliver the message right. using his platform. Right. So he didn't give up his job. They took his job. Well, uh, however you want to word it. The fact is, right? It's, it's semantics. Like he it. no longer is playing football because he decided to kneel. That's just how it is. I think I deserve a medal for sacrifice because I'm managing to facilitate a podcast and take care of a fussy five-month-old at the same time. That's why I've been off the mic. Well, that uh, just shattered my um, eardrums, and I would like to apologize to everyone out there who uh, was um, a victim of that uh, five-second squeal of an infant baby child. Now you know however I feel whenever I go to karaoke with you. I uh, I cannot neither <laughs> confirm or deny my karaoke skills as um yeah moving on um yeah let's let's move on no okay uh with Kaepernick signing a contract what does that mean for Nike people are saying this is the end of a company. Others are saying no. to buy Nike stock immediately. What is the what? Which one is it? It's um, it's a little bit of both. It's not the end of the company. First of all, Nike owns stock in Jordans and plenty of other companies that people don't even know Here's about. Here's my thing. So Here's not, my thing. They're not going. Here's my thing. People who are saying that Nike has ruined their company. They don't wear Nikes. They wear cowboy boots. So no, they wear New Balance. Yeah, but you know you can't deny it because Nike is is one of the biggest brands in the world. So when people say what they're backing Kaepernick, this is going to cause a clusterfuck in the NFL. I'm going to be watching football, not because of football, because of this. Well, we already discussed, me and Woodbridge did, that there are people on both sides boycotting the NFL. There are people on the left boycotting the NFL because they're not, they're not allowed to nail. It doesn't matter. There are people on it the right matter. boycotting the NFL because Nobody they are allowed could to watch the NFL all season long and the Super Bowl is all 
Everybody watches the Super Bowl, regardless. The NFL's not going anywhere. The ratings deal is complete no, I don't think nonsense. Either, I think I think it's a convenient time for people to boycott it, though, because the numbers are going to go down anyway. Because people are watching online, they're cutting cable. You know, the numbers watching. are going to be down regardless. Every show, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. You know, these these companies are taking over. I'll tell cable. you what's they're they're beating cable right now. Yeah, cable. So the numbers the numbers are going to be down across the board regardless. People are cutting the cord when it comes to cable because cables. Well, because the internet is yeah. just what. Right, but the idea that the NFL is is suffering because of the boycotts, there's some truth to it, but they're also suffering quite a bit because people are getting rid of cable. I mean, we don't know how much of what is what, you know? It, it's hard to quantify. The NFL is not suffering. Well, it, the numbers are down. The ratings are down a little bit. No, I'd say the ratings are as highest as they've ever been. Well, that's that's just not true. They're down. No, it's just people are watching football on completely different platforms. It's hard to track. Yeah, that's that's what I said. But the actual Nielsen ratings are down, and that's well, what they base that's it off. Just, of. That's, that's how just they get based on the television. How much the television is becoming irrelevant. It's the internet. The television is changing the way it works. I, I that's what I said. But the way the advertising currently works is it's based off Nielsen ratings, so it, it does hurt the NFL money wise right now. Well, I mean, they're not hurting. I mean, they, you know, they're they'll be fine. And Nike will take a, a little bit of a dive early on as well. But I think overall that they'll be fine. I mean, it's Nike. I We're think Nike is about to explode. I don't know how much more than I mean, they're the leader in sporting apparel. And they're only going to grow. The the uh, the racists, the people who don't stand for the kneeling. It's a pretty play on play on words. Um, that's guy like those people are going away. Like the future is. What do you mean they're going away? With, with Nike making this move of supporting Kaepernick, it's like that's the direction. You're saying they're on the wrong side of history? No, I'm saying they're on the right side of history. And that's the majority. Which is also the, the people who. No, the people the against people like, opposed to the, the kneeling of the anthems and everything. They're they're not the majority. They're a small fringe group of right well, to be, extremism. To be fair, neither are the Trump voters. They're not the majority either. I mean, well, yeah, he got voted in because of electoral college. I mean, which is fine. It is what it is. I mean, that's how that's how it works. But they they didn't win the popular vote. Well, he did win a lot of votes. So, all right. So finally, I think I've uh, managed to calm down my teething five-month-old. Oh, false alarm! 